Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And five, four, three, two. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. Uh, I am DC Marshall. I'm the co-host here, and I'm here with my partner, my rider. We like to say ride or ride, ride or live. Ride and live. Ride and live partner. Ride and live. Yes, and he is? Alfred Edmund Jr. And we're, we're talking about one of our favorite topics today for both me and Dee because it's the life we live. It's the ability to conceive and implement change. It's vision. God gives us a vision. And then it is our role, our job to have the faith to execute on that vision. So we're going to talk about what does the ability to conceive and implement change look like? And we have a great guest who is doing just that in a very interesting space, D. So I'm really excited for this conversation. Yeah. You know, we have great guests here. I just want to say every guest now, I'm like, I'm taking notes, I'm stretched, I'm inspired, I'm motivated, I'm encouraged. And so I'm looking forward to this conversation. I really am. So yeah, yeah. So, so that said, everybody, we will be right back. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. Okay, Alfred, I'm going to count us in and you do the close. Okay. All right. And uh, well, no, you. I think you should. I think you should open the clothes and then I leave. You'll wrap the clothes with the social media stuff. To All me. right. Okay. 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 And five, four, three, two. Wow, 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 wow. Be lifted up. Your guide to living an abundant life. That is a guide to living an abundant life. It's a guide. He literally just broke down and he, meaning Ricky D. Smith, uh, executive director, CEO, giant over there at BWI, BWI Marshall Airport. He literally just broke down the guide. Like, what do you do when you have been afforded great opportunity and access and exposure? Also, how do you start in an industry and stay the course? So I have nothing else to say, Alfred. You wrap this up, put a bow on it and and take us out. Well, Ricky Smith is an example of how we as people of faith are here to deliver impact. We're here to make a difference as he's doing that. And listen, you want to stay on top of this episode and every episode of Be Lifted Up Radio. Follow us at Be Lifted Up Radio on all social platforms, including Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And check out the podcast, this episode and other episodes at the Mocha Podcast Network.com. That's podcast plural or at BeLiftedUpRadio.com. Uh, D and I are there for every show and you will get blessed with every episode. So we hope that you'll tune in and we look forward to hearing from you next time. Thank you. <laughs> I like that. So then oh. we, I am, I am going to call you Ricky. I appreciate that. And, um, so we're going to, we, we generally record in a four, 10 minute break. So, 
We're going to do as many breaks as we can to make sure that we honor our time and that you are released from us uh, by 2 p.m. So um, usually, you know, just just a conversation. Just, just so you know, I mean, I can go over two if you're available since I since I'm showing up late. I don't want you to condense your your recording because I showed up late. No, that, that's OK. We do have another recording that starts at two. Okay. So, um, so we're going to do as many breaks as we can. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. All right, then. So then, um, D.C. Marshall, uh, I will stop my video. And um, oh, let me ask you this, uh, Ricky, before I, before I leave and uh, you and D start having your conversation, um, are there any subjects that you know, we're, we're a show about faith and finance. Are there any issues or subjects in that realm that are off limits for you as a public employee of the state? Um, none that come to mind. I mean, if there's something uh, that I want to be measured in my response, I'll, I will do that tactfully, but I'm fine. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ricky, you're going to see... Um, in the chat, uh, I'll be giving D uh, cues. Oh, guess who just popped in? Our second co-host. Hold on for a second. He he was uh, well. I'll introduce you. Or why so, don't we just go live to manage time because we're already late and you know you've got Vivian. Uh, I don't think he. I think if we can go in live in the show, it's going to make even for the show. Going live without without Alfred. No, with him, but you don't. I don't think we need to do intros. I think it's it it adds to the show that they'll be absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and also because you're managing for time, and so Ricky's time is already cut short. So, and I'll and I can lead it. So, yep. Hi, Alfred. Alfred, we are jumping right in. Um, Ricky Smith, please meet Alfred Edmund Jr. He is our uh, our other co-host. Um, Alfred, we're just going to jump right in there because we're running a little late. We're going to do as many 10-minute breaks as we can. We'll probably cut the fourth 10-minute break a little bit short. Okay? Okay. We're breaking, okay. Which, which break is this one, the third one? No, no, no. We are just getting started, and D is going to lead. Okay. And, uh, and we're just going to... I love it. She got you. Got you. Okay. Yeah, let's go. Let's rock and roll. We, yeah. Let's go. All right. all right. I I got you, my friend. It's good to see you. You look good. Calm down. Breathe. All is well. I got this. Okay. All right. Everybody looks good. Let's go. And five, four, three, two. And we're back. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I am, of course, DC Marshall, uh, one half of the co-host team and my co-host over there, Alfred Edmund Jr., um, over there, he's gathering himself for this amazing discussion that we're getting ready to have. But, you know, I want to just start um, by, you know, talking about our driving question today. And that is, um, what does the ability to conceive and implement change look like? Let me repeat that. 
What does the ability to conceive change, so that's the vision, and then to implement change, the execution, what does that look like? That is what we're talking about on today's show. And you all know that this is a show about faith and finances. And so because it's a show about faith, you know, this topic of conceiving, um, it is in line with vision and the vision that God um, gives us often um, or the gift. The, the the vision that comes from on the inside of us. And so um, um, we're looking forward to talking to Ricky Smith and his vision, the vision that, you know, was downloaded um, in him and then came through in the, the execution and the implementation of uh, Baltimore. B, you all know it as BWI. It's actually BWI Marshall airport. And so um, without further ado, Ricky, welcome to the show. Uh, it's great to be here, DC. I, I mean, I, um, I've heard great things about about the show and uh, the topic I find very intriguing. So I'm looking forward to the back and forth. Awesome. Awesome. So let me say this and then um, we'll get into the conversation. You know, we'll be here for a little uh, for a little bit. So we'll get to go further into um, the vision that you had for the airport and then executing it um, in in your role as director, executive director and CEO. Um, but can we start a little bit with with your backstory? So we know where you are now, again, as executive director and CEO of, you know, Maryland Aviation Administration. We know you have a big role there, but can we just start from the beginning? Give us a little bit of background of, you know, who you are and what led up to uh, BWI and, and you really creating change there. So I don't want to scare anybody by starting out by saying I'm, I'm Ricky Smith from White Lock Street. That's where I grew up. White Lock Street is a um, it's a prominent street in Baltimore City, West Baltimore, an area called Reservoir Hill. Um, most people recognize it from the wire. Uh, White Lock Street is um, um, uh, the reason why I am the person I am today because of oh. all, the, all that it, it poured into me. So that's where I started. Um, as I always, I always, you know, as a kid, you know, labored over Black Enterprise Magazine. I could memorize the top 100 and how everybody moved. And so there was always a passion for entrepreneurship. My father, my late father, I always referred to him as a hustler because he couldn't work for anybody, but he always had money because he always figured out a way to make money honestly, right? My mother, on the other hand, spent 36 years working on a glass assembly line. Right. Um, and so she was the antithesis of my father. She could work for somebody for 36 years um, and because she cared about helping people. Right. She had a, a pension for public service. And so, you know, my father's entrepreneurship, my mother's, you know, um, commitment to public service really um, influenced my path going forward. And so you know, I went to Howard University. I went to Virginia Union. Those schools had enormous influence on me. And so eventually I ended up having to get a job because an entrepreneurial opportunity fell short and the airport was recruiting. And so I applied. Um, and most people, when you get into this business, uh, you start smelling the jet fumes. It's, it's just a difficult place to leave. And for me, um, it brought entrepreneurship and public service together, right? Because airports are very commercial, very entrepreneurial. Um, and my, you know, I always say I'm an airport executive, but my ministry is minority business development. Any opportunity that comes across my desk, I always look at it um, through the guise of how can it benefit um, women and minorities, be it an employment opportunity or a business opportunity. 
And so airports um, are infamous or famous for creating wealth, even in the minority community. And so any opportunity um, for me to be a part of that is rewarding. And so I was very fortunate to move around the right places. I spent 10 years in Cleveland heading up the airport system there. I was invited to come back home to head up BWR Marshall as the CEO. I've been back here since 2015. And I haven't worked a day since because it's a labor of love. And um, I think I've been able to enable other people to make an impact and change lives. Talk some more about, we love to hear that on Be Lifted Up Radio, the idea of this is your ministry, or uh, that, that, that the element of providing business opportunities for minorities, African-Americans, women is a ministry. And we, we always want to stress that just because you're not standing in a pulpit does not mean you don't have a God-given purpose for ministry. Talk more about how that came to be your ministry. So, Alfred, that's a, that's a very good question. I mean, typically, airport CEOs are you know, kind of paramilitary, finance people who, um, um, who just think about how you can move the airport um, the airport forward. And, and I have some of that as well. I'm an, I'm an accountant by training. Um, however, I approach this out of care for people, right? I understand that the airport is an economic engine in, in the community and that it should benefit everybody. Um, I always talk to my team about, you know, caring first. And so um, um, to the extent that I can, can help those that otherwise wouldn't have access to the myriad of opportunity at the airport, right? Um, um, for me, that's my way of caring. And so in terms of it being my ministry, it, it's a passion of mine. Um, I'm, I, I think I've been called to do it. I think I do it quite well. I'm, I'm, I have a reputation in the industry of being one um, who's pretty effective um, in that way. And so, um, you know, it's, um, I think whether I chose to do it or not, somehow um, that would be the outcome of my work. And, and in that way, I call it um, my ministry. And so it chose you. It chose right. you. It shows you and you were listen, uh, you were qualified. You know, there's a saying uh, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. You were called and you were set up your dad on the left and your mom on the right. And then what's the name of the street? Because I didn't watch the wire. What was it? White Lock? White Lock Street. That's correct. White Lock Street. Uh, And then you sprinkle H.U. and Virginia. I mean, you know, you had to do you had to deliver on that. You you (laughs) were going to be held accountable when you got to the gate either way. Um, Ricky. And so, um, so, so, so powerful. And so everybody, we are talking to Ricky D. Smith, you now know, um, by way of introduction in the backstory, a 32 year transportation um, professional appointed to executive director of the Maryland um, Aviation in 2015. Um, And then he does have a record, you have a record. And, you know, we're going to go to break in a minute. But when we we come back, then we're going to go forward. Um, We wanted to start with the backstory, but we're going to go forward and really just talk about your tenure in, um, you know, five consecutive record setting years. We want to hear more about that and and your leadership, um, not just serving the people and MWBEs, but we really want um, to talk to talk about that. So is this correct that this was your only only uh, uh, place of employment in, in terms of airport industry? Did we hear that correctly? You went to work at an airport and then have always worked in the space? So I started here in 89. Uh, prior to that, I had not had not flown before, right? So um, um, this is an accident that I showed up, divine intervention, right? Um, uh-huh. It was an accident that I showed up here and, um, and I've been in the airport industry since then. So it's been about 32 years. 
And in at that one airport? No, no. I um, I spent 10 years in Cleveland as the CEO of the Cleveland Airport System. I returned to BWI in 15. I started here in 89, left for 10 years, returned in 15 as the head of the airport here. Well, there, there it is. All right. So listen, on the other side of the break, we're going to come back and then we're going to talk about your competitive advantage. We're going to talk about DEI, Launchpad, and all of that good stuff. And so everybody, you are listening to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. We'll be right back. All right. Awesome. 10 seconds. Awesome. So let's all just right. uh, let's cut our breaks, nine minute breaks. Okay. Okay. And that way we'll be good. So, so Alfred, you want to lead us in in five, four, three, two. Welcome back to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. with my co-host, D.C. Marshall. And we're here with Ricky D. Smith, who is a leader in the transportation industry, airline aviation industry, the director and CEO of Maryland, the Maryland Aviation Administration. Listen, Ricky, talk more about um, what you describe as the competitive advantage. Um, Your leadership, as Dee um, talked about in the last segment, is is clearly undeniable in terms of your track record, five consecutive record-setting years for passenger traffic, uh, restoring BWI, Thurgood Marshall, as the busiest airport in the Washington, Baltimore region. But talk about the concept of competitive advantage. So I I think the culture of BWI Marshall Airport um, is one um, where we are very, very customer people focused. I mean, the facility itself, you won't find another airport facility that's easier to use than BWI. And that's intentional. It was it was designed to be that way. Um, Southwest Airlines is our hub carrier here. Um, It is the friendliest airline you'll find in the country, if not the world. And so that culture um, permeates the airport where, you know, again, we're people centered. Um, we're very fortunate, however, to have a, um, a structural competitive advantage in terms of the airport. We compete with two other airports in the national capital region, and both of those airports are far more expensive than we are because there's an industry metrics called um, cost per employment or CPE. I'm not going to get too technical, um, but the CPE is what the airlines pay to operate at an airport. Our operating costs, our CPE, is one of the lowest in the industry. And so that enables an airline, particularly low fare airlines, to bring new service here because they can generate a profit because their operating cost is much lower. And so this, uh, this culture of, of, of being focused on allowing people to have access to air transportation with the least amount of inconvenience permeates not just the facility, it permeates the airlines that we partner with, um, the service that we um, um, that we offer through amenities, the relationships that we have in terms of our partners here at the airport. Um, it's very, very people-centered. I mean, and that makes sense to me because Southwest Airlines brand is the low-cost airline. So it, I, I hadn't thought about it before having this conversation with you about how the hubs, airports of major airlines often must reflect the culture of, the, of that airline's uh, positioning in the marketplace. And, but that's interesting because in the case of, and you're right about that, and in, in most cases, in the case of Southwest, I mean, you know, Southwest has, it's all about love, right? I mean, I know this is branding, but the, air, the airline was founded based on love. 
Mm-hmm. And so when they come into an airport, particularly as a hub carrier, um, their um, their culture, their personality is infectious, right? And so uh, they don't lose themselves in the community. They actually influence that community in a big way. And in the case of this airport, part of the reason why we started out as Friendship Airport. Before we were BWI Marshall, we were Friendship Airport, right? And so it's always been this appreciation for, you know, people and caring about people. And when Southwest and BWR Marshall would come together, it's just exaggerated. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So talk to us so, about... You know, well, so. let me let me jump in here. You know, I think that's uh, interesting because I'm thinking about, but which came first? Was it the airport that set the culture uh, for the airline or the hub, right? Who you partnered with or was it the hub or, or I should say Southwest that, you know, infected or infiltrated in a, mm-hmm. in a good way, the culture of the airport, um, that's, uh, yeah, I'm just thinking, thinking about that because that's a big topic right now about, um, culture, workplace mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just a thought. So which came first? Was it the yeah. airport or was it Southwest? Cause you have uh, other, you have other carriers there. Yes. An- another very good question. I mean, so we were friendship well before Southwest airline was founded. Um, and so, you know, the appreciation for, you know, community and people and caring um, was here first. As a matter of fact, that was part of the reason why we sought out Southwest Airlines um, as a partner nice. uh, and worked with them to grow. We're now their second largest location in the country um, because, you know, it's it's a it's a, just a good organization to work with. And uh, their culture um, aligns. It's congruent with with our airport culture. Awesome. You know, you're going into, you know, you Professor Ricky D. Smith right now, you know, you, you teach in the you teach in the class. There's a class right now happening on leadership. There's a class happening right now on partnership and who you partner with and the right alignment. JV, come on, Professor Smith. Am I am I taking good notes? Oh, you sounds like you're taking good notes. Listen, listen. Well, I do this <laughs> work and it leads to the next. Am point. I teaching you or are you teaching me? No, we're listen. I just take good notes. You're teaching okay. the class, but you know it leads us into um, the next uh, the next uh, element that I that uh, that we want to highlight and um, and that's diversity and inclusion because we know um, there's a few things that are I would say critical success factors for you and how it is that you've been so successful. One, the competitive advantage in terms of the hub or the partnership with Southwest. Um, we also have heard about this Launchpad program, which we want you to talk about, but the uh, diversity and inclusion. And the reason I want to connect these uh, these points here, and I want you to talk a bit about it, um, is when you talk about Southwest and the partnership, it aligns nicely and fuels diversity and inclusion or 
BWI Marshall being an inclusive culture as a result of the partnership, which is um, which is not a nice to have right now. It's a need to have. So so can you share a little bit about your work in the diversity and inclusion um, um, space or being a, a leader who prioritizes diversity and inclusion and then how you were able to do that, not just in workforce, but also with your supply chain? Um, thanks for the question. So um. Um, so I wear several hats. One of my hats is I'm also the national chair, board chair of the Airport Minority Advisory Council and chair of the Greater Baltimore Urban League. And so I spend a lot of time trying to understand um, ways to make sure that, 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 again, those of us that otherwise wouldn't have access to whatever the opportunity is or might be has access to that. And so, um, you know, two years ago, we were voted, the airport was voted. Um, by Airport Council International as the top airport in the country in terms of diversity and inclusion. And I was I also received a prominent award in the industry. And I think that's because um, we have an organization, the Maryland Aviation Administration, that doesn't just lean on regulation and policy um, to, um, to create an equitable and inclusive environment, right? It is something that we aspire to do um, beyond what is required. And I think that shows in the terms of the makeup of our senior management team. We have one of the most diverse um, senior management team in the mm-hmm. country. I think I have more women in my senior management team, for example, than any other airport in the country. Um, wow. I, always, I always tell this, this, this joke. And so, you know, people ask, what was the formula? What did I do? Well, it's, it's not what I did. Only thing I did was I, I told my team, I said, we want to remove artificial barriers. Right. We didn't go out and pick any any people in particular. We just removed artificial barriers and it just opened the floodgate. I now find myself signing off on hires and I'm thinking, wow, not another African-American woman, not another. I mean, because it's because it's coming in at such a frequent base. And the point there is, if you remove barriers, women and minorities compete extremely well. Right. And we're a benefactor of that. Uh, from more of a general standpoint in terms of the airport, um, part of the benefit um, to us being a low-cost and then low-fare airport, Southwest and other airlines, like Spirit, for example, they enable people to fly that otherwise would not be able to afford to fly, right? So they couldn't benefit from all the country and the world has to offer, be it leisure or business, because they couldn't afford to get there. So being a low fare airport really opens up the world to our community um, and the many diverse people that are in it. Listen, you're listening to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. We're here with Ricky Smith, and we will be right back to talk about the other aspects of leadership of a major aviation enterprise. In fact, the next break is going to be eight minutes, and the last one will be seven minutes. Uh, the airport is branded BWI Marshall, correct, uh, Ricky? Yeah, that's what he said. That, that, is, that is the brand, BWI Marshall Airport, correct. Okay, count yourselves in. God bless. All right. All right. In five, four, three, two. And we're back as Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. You all know if you're listening, this is a show about faith and finances. And But today, 
we're not just talking about finance. We're talking about wealth. We're talking about leadership. We're talking about um, opportunity with none other than Ricky D. Smith, CEO, executive director at BWI Marshall Airport. And it's a class on a learning about how to lead and how to create opportunities. Thanks to his mom, his dad, uh, Whitelock, uh, HU, Virginia Union, and all that good stuff. And so we know some of the formula for success. Uh, Ricky, can you talk about the Launchpad program? Because we're clear, number one, you gave us strategic partnerships, Southwest, right? Mm -hmm. You went after them and that's helped create the culture. You gave us number two, you prioritize your workforce, not just a diverse workforce uh, or just an inclusive culture, but also diversifying. And that the fact that you have and majority population there are women. And so now the supply chain. So we know that you have a program, the Launchpad program started back in 2017, specifically for MWBEs, people like myself. I run a company, Diverse and Engaged. So this is super important. Can you talk about um, that as well? Just your supply chain, the program and the impact and such? So like um, like every other large commercial airport, we have a massive food and retail program. All of the, you know, the news and gift stores, the restaurants are all part of that program. Um, and those programs, there's an expectation that you have minority participation in those programs. They're very expensive to get into because of the cost of building up. It's, co it's, it's, it's costly to, um, to develop in an airport. And so I had an experience shortly after I arrived around 2016 where um, there was a, a, a young African-American woman that we brought in to sell cupcakes. Uh, and we thought we were doing her a favor, um, but it didn't work out well because we brought her in under the same cost and lease structure that all of the other major operators came in under. And uh, it failed. And for me, that was, um, that was a rude awakening that we do well with small businesses, but we don't do well with micro businesses. And so we created Launchpad. Launchpad removes all the barriers to entry. So um, a, you know, a store that you would normally find um, on North Avenue or Georgia Avenue or you know, on the street uh, that wouldn't even imagine coming into an airport um, can come into the airport and plug and play. We build the kiosks for them. Uh, they just bring their merchandise, plug in, and they only pay the airport a percentage of what they make. So if they make $100 one day, we get a percentage of that. If they make 2000 we get a percentage of that. A, a normal arrangement would be um, that the tenant pays a minimum annual guarantee. And so that would kill you because if you make $50 one month, but you owe the airport $1,000, you are in trouble, right? So in the Launchpad program, they don't have that minimum annual guarantee. And so... Um, it gives them a chance to come into the airport, kind of get their nose under the tent and learn the world of operating in an airport. It's very difficult, right? Because you start very early and you have peaks and, and lows and you know, employees are difficult to find because they have to pass stringent um, TSA background checks. Um, but those who are able to master the world of airports um, eventually work their way into becoming um, 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 larger operators at the airport. And that's the intent is to get their noses under the tent Develop them and then position them to position them for growth. See, that, that's an important example, Ricky, of one of the things I think is a a new learning. It's not a first time learning, but I'm going to call it a new learning 
of DEI post the murder of George Floyd. And that's the idea that much of the supplier diversity or supplier development has focused on trying to change and develop the suppliers. And there's to some degree a need for supplier education. There will always be that need. But now there's a focus that I think was is long overdue on how do you adapt the systems of supplier development to match the needs of the suppliers? Uh, you, know, you know, much of supplier diversity and supplier uh, pipeline development has been on quote unquote fixing the entrepreneurs coming into the system, yeah. but not adapting the system. And, and you talk about the needs of micro businesses, whether they're black owned or not, are very different. And the capabilities of micro businesses are very different than what we consider a small business. And so this sounds like a great example of saying, okay, this is a different kind of business. We have to structure uh, our supplier diversity process in a way that matches the entrepreneurs that we want to bring into the system. Right. And we're talking about very capable entrepreneurs that have amazing and attractive products, merchandise. Um, it's just too expensive for them to get that merchandise in front of the airport. And, and one of the benefits of being in an airport is you're marketing your, air, you're marketing your product to millions of people. Right. And so the online sales, for example, the Internet sales um, becomes a part of their portfolio. And so it's a it's just a good opportunity all around. And um, we're now in our third iteration of the Launchpad program. Excellent, excellent. Listen, we'll be right back. We're talking to Ricky Smith, who is the CEO, Executive Director of the Maryland Aviation Administration, doing some amazing things, pursuing his mission and his passion and his ministry, making a difference in the Maryland Aviation Administration system. We'll be right back. This is Be Listed Up, your guide to living an abundant life. Thank you. Thank you very much. 610. So this last break, we're looking at um, seven minute break. All right. Everybody good? Yep. All right. Count yourselves in. In five, four, three, two. And we're back. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. And we're talking about abundance. We're talking about what happens when God downloads a vision or gives you vision for something greater, uh, not just a thing, but people. When God gives you the vision and the insight to care and to take care of his people and to be responsible with your leadership seat. That's what we're talking about with Ricky D. Smith. And so, you know, I mean, I don't know what else to say, but uh, I think there is what you have done is allowed us best practices, other airports. I'm thinking about Terminal A. And when I say Terminal A, um, just to frame, I am based in uh, New Jersey. So our headquarters, uh, our company is, in fact, we sit in Brick City. We are in Newark. And so we're 10 minutes from the airport. And there's a, a significant initiative uh, for Terminal A mm -hmm. uh, some years ago. And, you know, I remember the Port Authority of New York, New Jersey, reaching out to my company about how to engage more women, women of color, my MWBEs. And they talked about the need to have small businesses and MWBEs partner because to go inside of an airport, it's really challenging. 
But, you know, when I listen to you, I'm like, well, you know, he's already has it figured it out. And then Terminal A did, you know, Port Authority, New York, New Jersey, are they talking to BWI Marshall? Because it seems like you have an airport. So um, can you share any insight on how your model or how it is that you may be sharing that or encouraging other uh, you know, airports to consider things like the Launchpad program um, to really empower and equip minority-owned businesses um, in a way that they can succeed. So any discussion there? Yes. I mean, so thanks for the opportunity to give my good friend Huntley Lawrence a shout out. He is the head of the New York, New Jersey Port Authority, okay. uh, which has Newark, LaGuardia, and JFK airports. And he's doing amazing work there. Um, if he were on this show, he would probably share some of the same experiences uh, because he, too, is committed to um, to creating access for people that otherwise uh, wouldn't have access. You know, our industry is um, is very small. When you spend enough time in it, you, you bump into the same people. And I mean, I'm, tomorrow I'll be at a conference in Denver um, around airport concessions where we, we share um, best practices on, on a host of things um, involving food and retail programs. And so, yes, we do that through conferences. Um, we talk to each other just off the record. I mean, so there's, a, there's enormous collaboration between, um, um, you know, between airport directors and other airport professionals in the industry just to make sure that, um, that you know, we're not making the same mistakes. It's, it doesn't make a lot of sense to reinvent the wheel, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever someone, is, someone else gets it right. Mm-hmm. There, there are other launch pad-like programs at other airports. Okay. Uh, they may have to tweak it because different airports are subject to different regulations. And we are a state-owned airport. Other airports are city-owned airports for the most part. Uh, and so you have, to, you have to fashion the program around the regulatory environment that you're in. Well, in the time that we have left, I want to dive into, again, this is a show about faith and finance. And we obviously talk about business topics. We talk about two leaders in all industries on this show. But I want to circle back to this idea of operating from a position of love, which, which when you get down to the, 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 the basic instruction from God, from Jesus, is that we operate from position of love. I was asked um, in an interview that I was interviewed for yesterday if I had to tell myself something, you know, 20 years ago that I would op- that I operate today is to approach everything starting from a position of love, whether it's a business relationship, a, a company relationship, a personal relationship, to start from there and then work work from there to accomplishing whatever the goal is. Talk to me about how that informs the culture of BWI, Marshall, um, your partnership with Southwest, and even your approach to your work as a leader. I I, I remember several years ago when I was a young executive here that the person that was sitting in my seat at the time was charged with making significant budget cuts to the airport um, because we were going through a recession. Uh, We have a cleaning service um, that um, that um, employs people with disabilities. And a good childhood friend of mine, Michael Winder, who is now uh, Muhammad, was working in that program. And I remember I would see him every day. I remember sitting in our conference room going over budget cuts that we had to make. Um, and I remember the executive director making the decision to cut the custodial service program by wow. 10%. And I thought to myself, this guy just made a decision in his best judgment that's affecting Michael Winder and Michael Winder doesn't even know 
that are decisions being made by him. And I thought if I'm ever in that role, the role that I'm in now, that I will always try to bring compassion mm. to these kinds of tough decisions, right? And not to suggest that um, um, that the executive director at that time was not compassionate, but mm-hmm. um, I, I would just take the extra step to try to show compassion mm-hmm. um, when I'm making decisions about people. Um, and um, and I hope I've done a good job at that. Every decision I make, I do it with other people in mind um, because I'm going to be okay, right? My role, part of my role is to make sure that other people um, that their interests, even if they don't know that it should be their interest that is taken care of. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. You know, it, it just underscores the fact that no matter what we're doing in life, we can do it in such a way that we can still be effective at our jobs because you're obviously very effective at what you do. Mm-hmm. It's not an either or conversation. Right. Yeah. In fact, if you are committing your work to the Lord, as Proverbs mm-hmm. 16, 3 says, your plans will be established, which means you will be successful in your job. It's not like you got to make a choice. And I think your experience, your the culture you've built at BWI Marshall and the work that you're doing underscores that for all of our audience, no matter what they do for a living. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. And so with 30 seconds left, any final words, Ricky D. Smith? Well, I appreciate this dialogue. Right. It brings me back. Um but, um, you know, I, I just think I'm, I'm in um, the most rewarding role that one could be in. And um, and it brings pride that I can speak to this role um, in a manner where I've, I've tried to work hard for people. All right. And there you have it. We'll be right back. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. 